بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم So alhamdulillah we, we started reading about the life of Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimahullah uh, We completed uh, a little bit about what he had studied and what kind of ijazas he had and so on Now a little bit more about his hometown Mawlana rahimahullah, Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimahullah spent his youth in his hometown learning basic Arabic and memorizing the Qur'an. Thereafter, he commenced his preliminary study of Arabic and Persian grammar. In 20, 1290 after Hijri, he enrolled in Darul Ulum Deoband to complete his higher education in Islamic studies, greatly benefiting from the scholars at the institution. At the turn of the 14th century, in 1301, Hijri, as Mawlad Nathanwi rahimahullah graduated from the seminary, he who was to be the reviver of the ummah was slowly emerging. It was a great blessing and grace from Allah Ta'ala that Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanwi studied and graduated from the world-renowned seat of learning, Darul Ulum Deoband, at a time when it was a center for the pious and righteous. Most of these blessed personalities were connected to the spiritual order silsila of the great Shaykh Haji Imdadullah Muhajir Makki rahimahullah. Some were even spiritual representatives of the Shaykh and would instruct spiritual aspirants in his place. It was in this spiritual nest that Mawlana was nurtured in the auspicious hands of luminaries whose stature the whole Muslim world would readily bear witness to. Though Mawlana had the good fortune to be under the care and concern of many saintly personalities, he was particularly honored with the love and attention of two of the senior most scholars of the subcontinents. Number one, Mawlana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi and Mawlana Ya'aqub Nanotri. In return, Mawlana also had a special connection and love for these two saints. And for this reason, he would remember these two mentors with great sentiment and emotion. So mashallah, in summary, Mawlana Shafali Tanwi, he was able to enroll himself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him tawfiq to benefit from Darul Ulum Deoband when it was at, in its golden age, right? when it was at the height. Even now, mashallah, even after 100 years, there's so much benefit and new coming from there. But at this time, it was at its highest peak. Right? It was at this best. So, and in that as well, he was able to benefit from the two most eminent and most knowledgeable scholars of the subcontinent. Mawlana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi and Mawlana Ya'qub Nanotwi. Mawlana Tanwi's relationship with Mawlana Gangohi. When Mawlana Tanwi was first admitted into Darul Ulum Deoband, he did not have the opportunity to benefit from the blessed company of the founder of the seminary, which was Mawlana Qasim Nanotwi, rahimahullah. Because one year after enrolling, Mawlana Qasim Nanotwi passed away. He passed at a very relatively young age. However, as a result, his heartfelt connection with the two previously mentioned saints only increased. He would often say, I had such a spiritual compatibility and love for Mawlana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi that after Haji Sahab, in Haji Imdadullah Makki rahimahullah, 
I did not feel such a connection with anyone else. I have never witnessed a man quite like him, who was so perfected both internally and externally. In most cases, my regard for people is based on external signs and qualities found within them. However, for Mawlana, my esteem was, was so heartfelt and spiritual that it needed no proof. I requested Mawlana Gangohi rahimahullah, to accept my bay'ah in my early days of study. However, Mawlana Gangohi excused himself because he used to consider bay'ah a distraction for students and an obstacle in the initial acquisition of ex external religious knowledge. Regardless of his refusal, I would still consider Mawlana Gangohi to be my sheikh and would always consult with him on important matters. Mawlana Gangohi in return would give me special consideration and attention. When I would present myself to be at his service, he would lovingly say, my brother, when you arrive, I come to life. When he would speak of Haji Imdadullah Makki, he would say with great zeal and enthusiasm, My brother, you ate from Haji Sahib's spiritual fruit after it had ripened, whereas we only ate from it when it was still raw. In other words, he, Mawlana Gangohi, had attained the blessings of Haji Sahib's company early in his life, and we benefited from Haji Sahib later on in his life. So Mawlana Shafili Tanwi Rahimahullah, his ilmi connection, his connection of knowledge, right, his fountain of knowledge, right? It special, you know, especially he learned, you know, it, 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 uh, the spring was benefited a lot from uh, Mawlana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi Rahimahullah. And when it comes to spiritual rectification, as Mawlana Gangohi Rahimahullah you know, told him not to distract himself at the time of learning. So this is a very important lesson for people who are learning as students, that when you are a student, you don't distract yourself, especially student of spiritual sciences, let's say, right? You're studying, studying tafsir, Quran, and hadith. You don't distract yourself by going to, uh, what do you call, uh, you know, just spending your time in nawafil. Why? Because learning, the Prophet ﷺ said, learning one ayah of the Qur'an is like what? Praying hundred nafil salah. So when you're becoming a hafiz of Qur'an, for example, you don't stand the whole night in, uh, in praying Qiyamul uh, Layl. Why? Because you'll be sleeping in your hips class in the morning. Right? So just like that, where a person who's learning ulum al-shari'iyah, a person who learns one bab of fiqh, Right? How to make wudu, for example, because so many things are based on that. He gets a reward of praying a thousand rakahs of nafil salah. Why is this such great reward right? in learning ilm? Because ilm is more important, right? Because through ilm, then amal will prosper. Right? So that is the reason when you are learning, when you're becoming hafiz, when you're becoming an alim, when you're learning something, you, you focus on that and not take away from the fard and give your time to the nafil, right? So that's what it meant over here. But his spiritual rectification later on in life happened through Haji Imdadullah Makki rahimahullah, who a lot of these, many of the great scholars of Deoband, they were connected to him, including Mawlana Shafri Tani. One time Mawlana Gangohi was giving a lecture in Gango, where he was from, and whenever someone would sit, he would say, My brother, there is an alim haqqani 
lecture going on elsewhere. Go there and listen to him. What are you doing over here? Maulana Gangohi would often send some of the seekers who would come to him to Maulana Tanwi for the spa- sake of spiritual nurturing. Even though he was from the teachers of Maulana Tanwi, rahimahullah, he would send people who would come to him to his students because he had so much uh, trust in his students. Because he knew the student was uh, uh, from, from the righteous students. Right? He, he showed the true desire and true talab of learning ilm. So this is very important for all of us, right? That a Muslim, Prophet Sallallahu what did Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tell to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? O Prophet of Allah say, O Allah increase me knowledge. So every Muslim, uh, and this is a very important, I was reading in Sahih al-Bukhari just today or yesterday, uh, or I believe Sahih Muslim, one or the other, that the Sahaba radiallahu even after they attained adulthood, and even after they were old, they would, they would strive in learning knowledge. They would strive in learning knowledge. Right? Somebody came to uh, a famous tabi'i, and he asked a question uh, about something. And he answered the question with the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And he told him that, well, I'm giving you this knowledge, you know, just you by asking me a question. When I was learning this knowledge from the Sahaba, said we would travel all the way to Medina from Kufa, all the way to Medina for learning one hadith. Right? There's stories of Ibn Abbas, Ibn Umar and other Sahaba right? who would travel for you know, far places to learn knowledge for talabul ilm. Today, mashallah, they say knowledge is on our fingertips. Literally. <laughs> no, we, are, we are clicktivists. Activists and clicktivists. Everything on the keyboard. Knowledge, we have Sayyid Bukhari, Muslim, all the Sihah Sitta, the Tafsir of Quran, everything on our phones and laptops. Everything is there externally, but we don't have the talab of knowledge. We don't have the desire of knowledge. Knowledge is there, it's pouring everywhere. But we don't have the talab to learn it and learn through and with and under the right people. Previously, people did not have access to books, they did not have access to knowledge. Right? As in, you know, they did not have access to so many books at the same time. They did not have printing presses and so on and so forth. But they had the desire for learning ilm. They had the desire for becoming a hafiz of Quran. So in places like Africa, even now, if you go to some places in Africa and Mauritania and other places, we'll see there's only one mushaf. The whole village, the whole madrasa is using one copy of Quran for memorizing the Quran. SubhanAllah. The teacher reads in it and the students listen and memorize. Today we have the Mus'haf, we have the books of Hadith, we have ulama. Right, mashallah, in Chicago land, we're so blessed to have so many madaris, so many ulama, so many majalis happening. But should ask ourselves, I should ask myself, how much time do I take out from my precious time to go and sit in the company of these pious people, right? To go and learn from them. Because one day they'll be gone. One day they'll be gone. One day this opportunity will be lost. There was a time when Spain was one of the, you know, uh, fountainheads of knowledge. Right? Andalus. Right? Qurtuba. What happened now? The same masajid in Qurtuba are churches now. They're cathedrals now. Right? There was a time when Bukhara 
and Sabarqand and, uh, and uh, Tirmiz and all of these many other great places were fountainheads of knowledge. Imam Bukhari came from there, Imam Tirmidhi came from there, Imam Muslim came from there, Imam Marghinani came from there. Or we can keep going on. All the Siha Sitta, the canonical works, most of, all of them came from these areas, right? The Central Asia. What happened today? You go there, people, these masjids are closed. Some of these masjids are turned into restaurants. Some of them have been turned into something else. Something else. What happened? When the talab desire, the desire, it's an opportunity Allah gives to every nation, every area, every community. It's an opportunity for the Muslims of Chicago that Allah is giving us. And Allah says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَزِيدَنَّكُمْ When we give you something, show thanks for it. Show gratitude for it. And thank you doesn't mean that you just say it by words. Right? Say thank you so much. I give this example many times here. A child comes to his dad and says, I love you so much, dad. You're the best dad in the world. And the dad says, well, can you please bring me a cup of water? So why are you telling me, dad? Who do, you, who, who do you think I am? Go get a cup of water yourself. This is not love, right? These are called words. They don't mean anything. They're fake, unreal, right? What does love really mean? It means that these words are translated into actions. That's why they say actions speak louder than words, right? can say something, but it doesn't mean anything until that comes into practice, right? So, alhamdulillah, we are blessed in Chicago. I'm serious. I mean, I've been to many other states, you know, and every now and then you go to a different state and you check it out over there. You go to the masjid, there is no madrasas there. There is no ulama there. There is no hufa there, nothing. In America, even now, there are many states which are dry. Nothing there. MashaAllah, we have so much going on here, but we don't have time. So we should take our time because this opportunity is not going to be there forever. People in Bukhara and Samarkand, if they want Imam Bukhari to come back, is it going to happen? No. Time is gone. Right? So Allah gives us opportunities. And we don't thank for those. By, doing, by going to these places of institutions, by going to these ulama, by going to these masajid, by sitting in their company, by learning... Like how these great pious individuals did. If you don't do that, then Allah is going to take it away. Right? If you do shukr, Allah will give more. And if you don't give shukr, if you do kufran, kufr literally means to be ungrateful, thankless. That's what kufr means. Kufr means to be ungrateful. A kafir is called a kafir because he is ungrateful that Allah created him. He is ungrateful that he is worshipping an idol, a stone, or himself, or something else, or science, or something else, instead of worshipping the one who created him. That is being ungrateful, right? So kafir means to be ungrateful. Kufran ni'mah. These are ni'mah. The best ni'mah from Allah is the ni'mah to learn Islam, to learn the Qur'an, to be able to sit in the company of the pious, the company of those who have their chains connected to Rasulullah wasallam, right? We have that opportunity. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq and ability to benefit from what we have been blessed in this land, inshaAllah ta'ala. Jazakallah khairan. InshaAllah we'll continue from here on next week. Akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alam.